for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 45. What's up, Neil? What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good, man. Been moving furniture all day. We're getting carpet tomorrow, <laughs> man. It's like uh, it's like moving houses. Your whole house is like up. <laughs> it's chaotic right now. It's crazy. Yeah. I walked in. I was like, what is going on around here? We almost don't have enough uncarpeted space to put all the furniture. <laughs> no but kidding. We made it work. So our guest tonight, man, we've got Boone Froggett with us from the band Otis. How you doing, Boone? Good. How are you guys? Doing real well. Awesome. And Boone, you're in Glasgow, Kentucky. Is that right? That is correct. All right. So we have Boone Froggett with us, and we also have some early times 100 proof. Oh, okay. This is, uh, we're dating back to, to Ian Truvax here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've had, uh, this is my second bottle since we had Ian on. Speaking of, I, I got my, uh, when Acquainted Strangers had their, their shirts come out, I was like, man, I got to get one of those. So I bought one about three months ago, and it finally got delivered this week from Ian. So <laughs> <laughs> I finally got my shirt, man. I feel good. Is that how far behind the post office is, or is it acquainted strangers? Yeah, I, I, th- I don't know, man. I think Ian and I just uh, missed each other a couple of times. That definitely wasn't a post office deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So cheers, Boone. Cheers, Neil. Cheers. See how All this right. early times taste. Uh, pretty good. Oh, man. I Bottled in bond. I needed that. <laughs> I did. I didn't realize it until I drank it. <laughs> All right, Boone. So why don't we get going? Why don't you start us off by taking us back to uh, childhood and your early memories of music? What, what do you first remember about music? And at what point did you realize music was going to be something important in your life? Man, I was very fortunate. I grew up in a very musical family, and uh, uh, certainly my first memories of music is is being around my family. Uh, my grandfather, David Froggett Sr., who uh, passed away earlier this year, he was a award-winning bluegrass fiddler, old, old-time fiddler. Oh, cool. And, uh, and just great to be around. He actually uh, ran a music venue in the 70s. It kind of... Uh, kind of uh, slowed down, and he got he got out of that business, and then kind of started it up 
when uh, you know when I was maybe twelve or thirteen. So uh, playing music in the beginning is is just what you did. It was there was no option not to play music. If you were a frog, you were going to play music. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it got in it got into my blood early, and uh, I, I love doing it. And uh, you know traveling with him and my and my dad playing. You know, playing these hole in the wall places, and you know, going to uh, you know the fillers contest and the bluegrass festivals. You know, oh, it, it was really, really a lot of fun and a, a great way to grow up. Wow, bluegrass is such back in in fashion now. I guess I mean it's it's blowing back up. As a guy that grew up playing it and, and or at least seeing it with your grandfather and stuff, what, have you, have you noticed the boom of bluegrass that's back in music today? I have, you know, and it, it, if if you listen in the right places, it it never really went away. Yeah. It, it shows up in other forms of music, but especially, you know, here in Kentucky, obviously we take we take bluegrass pretty seriously. But of course, uh, it there has been times where it, it it definitely wasn't the cool music. Of course, uh, one thing that gave it gave it a big kick was the the film "Oh Brother Where Art Thou." It's like oh, everybody yeah. wanted to yeah. play bluegrass then and <laughs> made it uh, cool again. <laughs> Yeah, and then even in, even in in recent times with you know bands like uh, you know the Steel Drivers and Del McCurry and and all all these great people, it, it's kind of brought a, a resurgence into that sound. And then you know here in Kentucky, we have this you know movement going on with folks like Tyler Childress, who you know the the bluegrass is there. You mm-hmm. you, you can hear it in uh, in in the songwriting and in the in the performance as well, even though it may not be you know a hundred percent strictly. Uh, bluegrass. Hmm. So, do you play bluegrass now? I know, I know. Otis is not bluegrass band, obviously. I don't know. <laughs> you know, all our listeners know that at this point. But do you play? Still play bluegrass? Yeah, you know, I, I really. As far as bluegrass goes, I, it's one of those things I enjoy listening to it more than more than I do playing it. I'm mm-hmm. not a great bluegrass or country player by no means, but uh, really love and respect the music and and like I said, it, it shows up in all genres. And there's mm-hmm. there's moments in our music and uh, that that you you can pick up on the you know, the bluegrass and, and country influence. You know, yep, definitely that relief in C. Yeah, that's exactly. It's it's definitely it's definitely uh, shows up in there, and you know, as a band, that's we we love listening to that stuff. I, I remember uh, our, our first tour in Europe. We were we were backstage listening to Bill Monroe, and a guy from the opening band comes in. And he's like, "Man, what is this? I've never heard nothing like this in my life." And we're like, "Man, this is Bill Monroe. This is you know, this is a you know, the foundation of music where we come from." So we we, we got to give. Uh, it gives some guys in Europe a nice uh, history lesson. No doubt, <laughs> awesome. man. That's Kentucky awesome. culture. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this tour in Europe. Oh man, uh, we've we've really enjoyed going over there. Our first uh, our first run over was in 2018. We went over and it was uh, mostly a club tour. It was it's just a really just a blessing to play for for people over there because. Uh, Southern rock is like uh, there's a, a there's a big movement for it there, and it's really highly regarded. And it's it's kind of like you don't have the musical division that you do here in America. It's like if you play a festival over in Europe, it's just like they throw every genre in one pot and say, you know, y'all have fun with it, boys. As opposed to <laughs> you know, it's got to be you know, it's a blues festival or it's a rock and roll festival. Is or that it's a right? Country okay. festival. 
the way it is, you know, here in the States. Uh, but yeah, uh, summer of 2019, we got to go over with, uh, we went over and did about half the tour with Blackstone Cherry and oh. then the other half with the Almond Betts band. So oh, it was wow. great, man. Just a, <laughs> just a bunch of, just a bunch of Southern boys running around Europe playing Southern rock, you know, it was kind of, it was, it was, uh, it, like I said, it's just, it's a real pleasure to play for those people because they're so respectful. It's like they want, sometimes the audience won't even clap till a song is done because, because that's how, you know, deep they're tuning into it. So it's a, you, you get to give a different kind of performance than you would be able to give here. Of course, we love, we love all, all the folks that we play for here in the States, but it's just a, just a different experience. More, more, uh, more engaging maybe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What an experience. So going back to, uh, to childhood and, and, and bluegrass and the, and the Froggett family, which by the way, uh, Boone Froggett's got to be the coolest name. I, I, I bet when you Google your name, you're about the only one, huh? It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> According to uh, Charlie Starr, Blackberry Smoke, I have the coolest name in rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought. That is a cool name, man. I was wondering if that's his given name. And then you talked about Grandpa Froggett and said, okay, it was. That's it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's real. It's, it's all too real. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody, you know, that's a, it'd be tough to come up with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, out of imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I got sidetracked with the name there. I forgot what I was asking. Oh, we were going back and talking about uh, growing up, listening to bluegrass. Did did you first start playing bluegrass and what instrument did you play? I did. I played, I learned to play, you know, uh, a mandolin good enough to just, you know, back my grandfather up in, in, in those situations. But my, my dad also had a band uh, called uh, the Kentucky Ridge Runners, which my grandfather was a part of too. But it was more like it was more like Bakersfield style country and, and rockabilly. And I actually started out playing drums in that band oh, cool. uh, before before I really got in got into you know guitar playing and uh, and all the rest of it. How old were you at that point? Uh, maybe 12, 13. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so young. Yeah, very young. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely in the blood, man. So when uh, is that about the time you started really playing, or was it even younger? As far as like playing in front of people and getting pulled on stage by the ERB with the grandfather or the dad. Oh yeah, it's that started up probably around maybe nine or ten years old, and then you know by the time I was twelve, it was like, all right, you know, let's let's take it up a notch and just uh, just let him play with us every night. That's that's insane, man. <laughs> that is insane. So when did the guitar come into picture? Uh, probably I was probably fourteen and fifteen, and uh, my dad was you know introducing me to some some other styles of music because up to that point, really the only music I remember hearing is you know uh, bluegrass music, Buck Owens, um, Merle Haggard, Charlie Pride, all that stuff. And then uh, my dad made the mistake of letting me <laughs> listen to BB uh, King and the Fabulous Thunderbirds, oh. and after that. All I wanted was a guitar after that. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody can blame you for that, man. You hear B.B. King for the first time. Everybody wants a guitar for that. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, B.B. King's playing, man. It's, it's like the voice of God, man. It just, it gets, it gets down into you and there, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, no doubt. And such a humble player, man, to be so talented. He talked like he uh, just had to work hard at it and just made things happen. Man, he was so smooth. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a great singer too. I think. Yeah. I think his his singing gets overlooked. 
Yeah, when you know when you play like that, it does. It, it has. It, yeah, he, he's just smooth <laughs> all the way around. But you you kind of forget that he even ever sang. <laughs> Not yeah. really, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so, at what point did you start playing in southern rock, blues rock type bands? Uh, man, that would come maybe around sixteen or seventeen years old. We'd had a a bass player in the band with my dad and the Kentucky Ridge Runners. And he had to quit. He got married and wanted to pursue some other things. And and that turned out being John Seeley's brother, Joe. Of course, John Seeley's the bass player in Otis. So uh, it was it kind of starting out as just John and I just jamming together before and after shows, exploring different types of music. And then we, we kind of like, you know what? I th- we, we think we could do this rock and roll thing. We think we could pursue this and, and start a band. So it really just it really just all started as the pursuit of wanting to play music. At what point did you start calling yourself, or when, when did Otis come into the picture? Uh, probably around 2013 or 14. And is Otis an acronym? I see it all caps, you know, most of the time. Uh, no, we just we just leave it all all caps to just kind of kind of stick out there, so there's no like confusion between like Otis Redding or Otis Rush. You know, mm-hmm. when you see Otis in all caps, that it's it's the band. Oh, cool. And who uh, who are the other members? It's you and John Seeley. Yep, uh, John Mark Seeley on the bass, uh, Andrew Gilpin on the drums, and Steve Jewell Jr. is uh, the other uh, guitar player in the band, and uh, it's been a been a blessing to have you know the, the same guys for for so long and all grow up together in this rock and roll culture and all just have to kind of figure it out how did you connect with steve and andrew andrew and i went to school together he was a like a freshman or something when i was a senior and his dad played played in a lot of cover bands so we all knew of each other in the in the very beginning it was just me and John and Andrew as a three piece, and then uh, Steve came along after. And then it, w- once once Steve has arrived, we we knew we were onto something at that point. So for a while, you were carrying lead guitar and lead vocals, huh? Yeah, yeah, we were into you know the whole power trio thing, you know, like uh, Hendrix Experience and Mountain and Cream and all all that stuff. Uh, but but yeah, but once once Steve stepped in, it's just like er- everything really started started making sense. It took uh, it, it took some of the load off me because it's a, it's mm. it's a big job singing oh, yeah. and, and and being the only guitar player. So when you uh, this kind of reverting back a second, but when you did pick up guitar, did what, did it come quick or was that something that you just you know worked your butt off at? Some things for me came really quick, and like uh, and some of the more more simple things that everyone should know kind of came later. I, I kind of started out just wanting, just trying trying to play what I heard in my head, and I think that uh, that automatically makes you skip a few steps as someone who is you know taught music in like a you know like a classroom setting or someone who who reads music so that that makes you a little bit little bit different of a player it's kind of like i had to i had to go to third base and then you know run back to first and second and figure out how i got to third <laughs> yeah well, and by playing with that the the tree when you were just a trio did that accelerate the learning curve for you as a guitar player Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Because you have to have to figure out how to fill up all all that space. Was there any moments where you just like where it clicked, 
when it came to filling up that space when it was a trio? Was it about volume or was it about tastefulness? Did, did anything like make sense after that b- before actually getting uh, Steve? There was moments where I, where I, I thought things clicked. Uh, I found out that I really liked uh, open guitar tunings, mm. especially in that in that three piece setting because that that makes your get guitar sound sounds so much uh, so much wider at, at mm. times, especially like playing slide and stuff oh, like yeah. uh, you know ZZ Top or Allman Brothers sound and stuff. So I really found a you know uh, a taste for the alternate tunings, and that you know that started you know as we were kind of like a power trio. How many guitars did you have to bring to the gig to keep an open tuning so you could just put it down and pick it up? <laughs> uh, to, I, I, I've always at least got two or three guitars out with us. Uh, I, I, I love my guitars now. I, I, man, I'm right there with you, bro. How many do you have? Oh, man. Uh, I'm <laughs> looking around the room. That sounds the like you lost here. count, Neil. Yeah, when you go, um, <laughs> that's, that's a sign. I've, I've, pro- I've probably got... Uh, I've probably got 10 or 12 in the house here. There you go, man. (laughs) Well, that means you just love guitars. I get it. I get it. That's right. (laughs) So Eyes of the Sun, when did you guys release Eyes of the Sun? Uh, Eyes of the Sun came out on uh, Purple Pyramid Records in 2017. And uh, really, really, really proud of that record. And, uh, of course, we're always looking forward to to getting new music out to the folks, but uh, you know that that album has opened a lot of doors for us, and uh, it took us a lot of places. Who did the uh, cover art for that? Uh, John Lahan. He is the bass player for Blackstone Cherry, and as, as you can see, also a, a great graphic designer as yeah. well. And the and, and the pictures that are that are you know the inserts and in, in the back of the album, those were taken by. Kirk West, who is in the Southern rock world, absolute uh, legendary photographer. He was a tour manager for the Allman Brothers Band for years, as well as uh, Government Mule and a lot of those other acts. And we, we got to know Kirk and develop a friendship. And uh, he doesn't take a, a lot of pictures of uh, young and upcoming bands anymore. So we were we were very fortunate to, <laughs> to talk him into, yeah. you know, to taking uh, taking pictures of some ugly guys from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure our Otis fans are, are ready to hear some music and our listeners that are going to be new Otis fans would like to, to hear a tune. What do you think we ought to introduce our listeners to? Man, let's let's go with the uh, the single that we released earlier this year entitled uh, Lindale's. Of course, we had planned to uh, to follow that up with a couple of EPs this year, but you know, uh, 2020 kind of got in the way of itself. So this is <laughs> this is the the uh, the only thing we got released this year. So check it out. Wow. 
Guys, yeah, it. yeah, I can definitely hear your uh, your love for the blues, uh, man. Oh yeah, oh, I'm, I'm I'm crazy about some blues music, man. Oh, ain't ain't nothing like it. Uh-uh. Well, I meshing up some uh, southern rock with some classic uh, muddy waters. Well, plus, you got that driving <laughs> beat, yeah. man. I love a good backbeat too, and that thing just drives. The dynamics of the stuff that you guys do is what I really really enjoy, and some of like the hits on the guitar uh, phrasing. And the things that you all do leading into different, man, I, I just, it, it, those things catch my ear. I was listening to some of the stuff today and I was just like, man, that's well, well thought out, well played, well done, and just killer, killer, man. The dynamics on this stuff is just awesome. I oh, think so much, man. Yeah, brother. Yeah, I listened to the entire Eyes of the Sun albums myself today. You know, you've got 11 songs on there and, uh, pretty diverse mm. yeah that that's something we wanted to showcase uh, just about rock and roll music in general is you can't really put it in a box man there's just so much there's so many sub genres that uh, attribute to what makes rock and roll rock and roll and it's it's uh, I, I wish more bands would would wouldn't be so afraid to uh explore the you know the back roads of rock and roll if you will rather than just staying staying in the in the main lane <laughs> how did you develop vocally where where did you develop that sound and style and that you have now Man, just really through listening to music, and it's it's not like I re- ever really set out to be a singer. I just started singing because nobody else would, <laughs> and it's one of those things. I just I just kept with it, kept with it, and it's kind of kind of made it a thing of my own. Of course, I'm really really inspired by like uh, you know like f- the '50s blues singers, like of course like Muddy Waters and and Hal Wolf and Bobby Blue Bland and all those guys, and uh, love. Uh, soul music and of course love guys like Joe Cocker and Craig Allman oh, yeah. and, and all, all the great rock and roll singers and uh, it just I think as long as you uh, long as you sing what's in your heart and you sing with soul you know the rest will follow oh yeah so one of the things I wanted to ask you is how did you or how did Otis get connected with Billy Gibbons I saw him quote a quote somewhere in an article or something I read about you guys uh, talking about Otis and your music yeah, you know, Billy's been really kind to us and, you know, obviously, you know, <laughs> one of our heroes, you know, I, I remember having the album cover of, uh, you know, Fandango on my on my wall as a kid. <laughs> oh, uh, crazy. How, how this happened was um, I'm really good friends with Greg Martin of the Kentucky Headhunters. Greg and I were in Nashville and we were on our way back home and he got a call and <laughs> I looked over at his phone. And I said, "It said uh, Billy Gibbons." I was like, "Wow, this is crazy!" <laughs> and uh, he answered the phone. He's like, "Hey, Billy!" And you know, of course, they take off talking. And uh, 
uh, Billy's like, you wouldn't be happen, happen to be close to Nashville, would you? I'm here for a couple of days. And if you're around, you know, I'd, I'd love to see you. So uh, it didn't take us very long to get turned back around <laughs> and, uh, and head down towards uh, back, back to Nashville. But we got to have uh, dinner with him and his wife, Gilligan, had a had a great time. Of course, it was it just mind blowing because uh, it was so unexpected. And here I am, you know, with with one of my heroes, and he's, you know, it's great. All, all he wanted to talk about all night was old blues. So he just wanted uh, to talk. Yeah. We're talking about Jimmy Reed and uh, you know, uh, Lightning Slim, and you know, all, all the blues greats. And uh, you know, he was talking him and him and Greg were talking guitars, of course, and. Uh, he was, you know, they, they got into talking about amps and he was actually telling Greg how he said his marshals during, you know, uh, when they did the live recording of the live side of, of Fandango. Oh, so that was, my gosh. that was really cool to hear. And uh, let me take it back a little bit. Uh, around 2014, 15, Greg produced uh, the first Otis album, which was uh, Tough Times, a tribute to John Brim. Yes. Uh, John Brim was a was a, a blues guy, of course, that went on to be a household name. But he was from Kentucky. A lot of people don't know that. He was from Huntsville, Kentucky. Hmm. Moved to Chicago in his teens and ended up on Chess Records, you know, with, with all the greats. And uh, uh, is most well known uh, for writing and performing the song Ice Cream Man, which uh, Van Halen cut on their first record. But we did a whole album of uh, John Brim's songs. And, of course, uh, during this meeting, a chance meeting with Billy. I had a couple uh, of CDs with me. Uh, Greg always kept some on him because he he produced it, and he would like to hand them out to people and say, you know, hey, check this out. So, <laughs> as we were leaving uh, dinner with Billy, uh, Greg said, "Man, if you get time, check out the CD." And did didn't even mention that you know you know that I was I was the guy on the CD. He was just like, "Man, hey, check out this band." And uh, Billy looked down at it. He said, well, I can tell you, I already like the album cover. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and then just kind of left it at that. So it, it was just one of those deals as we left. As, as we, we knew it was like, you know, we, we may not ever hear from Billy about the album. And we might. Who knows? So a couple of days down the road, Greg gets a call from Billy. And he's like, he's like, I got to know who this band is playing this stuff. So he gets in, uh, you know, telling the story. He's like, yeah, you know, the guy that you know, that uh, I had with me at dinner, it was him. And he's like, oh man, I can't believe that. So <laughs> it was really cool that he he took such an interest and even had his uh, engineer, Joe Hardy, uh, a call. And we, you know, we were talking microphones and, you know, how the album was recorded. So he, Billy was even interested in, in that part of it. Oh, and wow. uh, he started started mentioning us in, in interviews and podcasts. And it was just, it, mm. it was, it, it got very surreal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. The guy that you had a poster of is now talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. That yeah. is awesome. You guys stay in contact at all? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we uh, the band and I talked to him on the phone a couple times uh, during the year. Uh, it's been a while since I got to see him. My, my wife and I went and went and hung out with uh, with him uh, after his ZZ Top show, and uh, got got to hang with him some. Got got to meet uh, Dusty and Frank. That that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always uh, always enjoy hearing hearing from Billy. Oh, that's cool, man. 
And they say don't meet your heroes, and he sounds like a hell of a guy. Hey, I tell you, Boone's had some. Uh, Boone's man. He's had some great musical yeah, experiences. No eh? doubt, man. You know, go <laughs> oh, yeah. go hang out oh, yeah. with bands in Europe and play some music and hang out with Billy Gibbons and. Man, you're doing it, you're doing it right, Boone. And we, ha- <laughs> we haven't even got into your uh, contribution to the guitar pedal world. Yeah. Hey, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so, so do- you you went from. Uh, all this to now you're getting your own guitar pedal? Yeah, man. I'm very, very, very excited about this. There's a a, a company here in Kentucky called Analog Pedals. Uh, a guy, it's just one guy. His name's Jeff Boland, and he makes everything by hand, you know, wires everything himself. And uh, I got into his pedals last year because we were playing some small clubs. And I was like, man, I'm killing people with this Marshall. I've, I've got to have something, you know, to, to pull the volume back. So I got one of his overdrive pedals. You know, we became friends and, you know, we, we start going back and forth talking. And uh, he's actually been uh, the other guitar player. And Otis Steve has a signature pedal out by Analog Pedals as well Is our buddy uh, Chris Robertson and Blackstone Cherry has a signature pedal out with Analog now. So mine's coming out in February. It's called... Uh, Boone's Mojo Box, and it's kind of it's a tremolo uh, paired with a micro chorus, and uh, it's it's a really fun pedal. I can't wait for for folks to uh, try it out and uh, and see it and hear it. So did you did you get to kind of brainstorm that and say, "Here's what I'd like in a pedal," or did he? How did this come about? He did. He's like uh, he's like, man, I'd love to do a signature pedal on you. And, you know what? What do you think you would like? So uh, I kind of kind of had to take a look inward. I was like, man, if I could, you know, have one sound that, you know, kind of define my playing and notice what would it be. So I've always been a, of course, a, a huge fan of fifties of blues and sixties soul. And, and what you hear a lot in those records is uh, the tremolo effect, but I kind of wanted to add something extra with it. And that's kind of where the, the micro chorus comes in. So uh, I, Kind of told him I wanted to sound kind of like a, a futuristic Bo Diddley, <laughs> so so uh, he, he he made it happen. It's 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 a great pedal. I've had the I've had the prototype uh, here for about a week. I've got to use it at a couple Otis rehearsals and of course a lot here at home. And uh, man, I'm really looking forward to releasing this pedal and uh, getting to use it uh, out on the road whenever whenever that happens. You did the artwork for this the pedal as well. I did. Uh, a buddy of ours, which you guys you guys know him, uh, Patrick Golanus from Southern Governor. Oh, yeah. good dudes. Did the the graphic design for me. I just kind of told him told him what I want. And we went back and forth and collaborated on it, and it it turned out really cool. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture. Uh, oh, hell yeah. of, of the pedal once we once we wrap this up. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm re- really excited about it because uh, there's just not not a lot of players get the opportunity to put out you know signature gear, and I feel feel very very blessed that uh, I've been able to do that. And you know, it's a it's a, a company from right here in Kentucky. So it's a it's kind of a local thing as well, and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. So yeah. how many knobs? <laughs> well, let's see here. <laughs> good, good question. <laughs> uh, we got uh, three knobs and uh, and uh, two foot switches. Mojo. So, so I'm on it right now, and it is uh, analogpedals.com. If anybody wants, man, that's some. He's got some beautiful, beautiful pedals. Oh yeah, he 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 makes he makes great pedals. Is uh, he in Glasgow? A, 
Now he's actually out of uh, out of Niffley, Kentucky, and he's a guitar player himself. So I mean, he he totally gets what what all what all of us uh, gearheads are, are trying to do. <laughs> yeah, it definitely helps that he plays. You know, could you imagine trying to? Uh, I guess I guess if you're a technical guru, you can do it. But I couldn't imagine trying to make something like that that makes sound if I didn't play. But yeah, that, yeah. That is, I mean, that is crazy. I love guitars and I love pedals and stuff. I couldn't imagine having my own signature pedal. That's yeah, awesome. so Boone, what other phenomenal music stories do you have <laughs> in the vault? <laughs> uh, put, put, put me on the spot now. No, yeah, no, no pressure. No While pressure. we're... While we're talking gear, I've got to give a shout out to the Zomitis Guitar Company. I've been lucky enough to uh, to be one of their endorsees for about a year or so, and I absolutely love their guitars. They they sent me a a, a beautiful uh, hollow body out oh. earlier this year. Now, and, what is uh, it? What was the guitar company? Uh, Zomitis Guitars, and they're it's an absolutely uh, legendary guitar company. Okay. They, they've been around you know, a, a long time. And, uh, man, they're, they're, they're kind of slogan. Their logo is, is, is art with strings. So, uh, mm. man, they, they, they make, uh, beautiful guitars and, uh, love, love playing them out on the road. Of course, been playing them in the studio as we've not been able to, to tour too much this year, but, uh, yeah, just giving, giving those guys a shout out out in, uh, California. You so you've got a run of good luck with this uh, gear lately, huh? <laughs> I have. I have. I've, I've, I've been uh, very blessed to to make some friends and uh, and get get some great sounding rock and roll gear to play. So, uh, what are you guys currently? I know you talked about wanting to release an EP through twenty twenty. Have you guys been working on some new stuff that that's kind of in the chambers and ready to go? Once I guess all the COVID. Well, we just started Lindale's. Yeah, do you got a bunch of stuff to back up Lindale's? What are you guys doing currently? Oh yeah, man, we've 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 worked hard in the studio this year, getting stuff in the can, and we're still kind of in uh, in the production phase on this stuff. Still putting you know some guitar parts down and some vocals, and you know making making sure everything's ready to go. But yeah, we've got ton a ton of music. Uh, writing and recording music is. Uh, is it's not something we we have problems with. I mean, we could, we the four of us could get together and and write half an album album tonight. Oh, that's killer. oh man, yeah. Do you all have kind of the same thought process in putting out the next project where it's going to be as diverse and and you know with as many sounds as eyes of the sun? Yeah, you know that's something we really strive for is uh, always to to kind of keep folks guessing and hit hit on some different emotions i mean no, nobody wants to get up and do your show and and play the same song for an hour and a half you know that's yeah. that's not fun that's no. not fun for the band and it's not fun for the people you're playing for so we, we try to keep it musically diverse but still you know be be in the in the rock and roll arena with it but yeah i'm really looking forward to being being able to uh to release some more music but uh, 2020s threw us a bit of a curveball. But when when things open back up, uh, you'll you'll start to see uh, some some more release stuff for sure. Awesome. So is there a story behind Lindale's? I don't think we talked about. It. We actually didn't talk about Lindale's. Yeah. You know, the, there is. You know, when we uh, when we first started touring after our first album was released, uh, as I talked about earlier, that's uh, Tough Times a tribute to John Brim. We were playing a lot of blues clubs and got the opportunity to play like some real deal 
blues places where we got to, you know, properly experience uh, the blues culture. And that's kind of what, what that's about is, uh, is, is putting yourself in a, in a different place, experiencing some different things. And, uh, that's what it's all about. It's really, really inspired by a, a blues club in in Lexington, Kentucky, called TDs, which we got a chance mm-hmm. to play. And uh, just just the culture of that venue was was so cool because there was always muddy waters on the jukebox, and it was just like it was like stepping into another world. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's play another one for for ourselves and our listeners. Play uh, "Blind Hog." What, what do you want to tell us about that song? We love that one, and it's a, such a fun song to, to play live. And uh, I love all all the all the little funky musical moments in it. And uh, can't wait to get back to playing it on stage. Hope you like it. Every, yeah, man. Can't sit still. You got to bop your head on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Walk us through this year, man. I mean, you guys, it sounds like you were on the road quite a bit. What did? What was your all's road life and, and gig life prior to the shutdown? Yeah, man, we had a we had some really big plans for this year. As I said, we we're going to release two EPs. We were starting out the year. Uh, doing a, a co-headline tour with our with our friends and job mother Mary, and we had all that lined out, and uh, we were doing some specialty sets that the theme was Otis gets stoned, and it was just us playing a set of Rolling Stones uh, after our normal show. So we were really looking forward oh, to, yeah. to doing that and uh, getting some different folks uh, coming up and and jamming with us at at, at every stop where, where we did those shows and. Uh, but uh, we we got to do one show for that tour, and then it was it was after that show, it was kind of very apparent we were not going to play much this year. <laughs> yeah, what a bummer. Yeah, no kidding. So, did you all decide not to release the EPs because of there was no tour backing it or any gigging backing it? Yeah, there was there was a lot a lot of reasoning behind it still there's there's so, still some work on it we've got to get done as well and uh, uh, my wife 
the bass players, uh, John's wife and Andrew's wife, all three of them have autoimmune disorders. So we've been really careful oh, ab- yeah. about, you know, how far, you know, we've got out with the, with the touring and stuff and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, kind of looking out for the family as well. So we just kind of decided, you know, that's kind of, that's, let's look at, that's build in some other places. And then, you know, when this breaks open, we'll go back to, you know, releasing music and using that to help support the tour. Awesome. Well, Boone, our f- listeners that want to become bigger Otis fans or follow the band closely, where where can they do that? Just go to www.theotisband.com and that will take you to all our social media stuff, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff, uh, the Otis uh, on- online merch store. And if you're on Facebook, uh, go to the uh, – there's a group called the Otis Blues Crew where all our fans are on there hanging out. And uh, of course we don't, we don't really consider any of them fans. They're all, they're all family to us. I, I hate the word fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, man, uh, we've, we've discussed it forever and we're hopefully going to eventually have a little top hill recording podcast festival. And here's my vision, Brad, I could see Southern governor and Otis and Mojo thunder all on the bill together at the, they, they're in the chunk. They may have to close the show. Dude, you throw those three back to back. Oh, wow. Everybody's face is going to be melted. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it would be amazing. That would be fun. We love both those bands. Uh, I, I talked to Patrick from Southern governor about every day. And uh, we, it, it's a, uh, it's been a while, but we, we have done some shows with Mojo thunder. Um, we, oh, we miss cool. hanging out with those guys and, <laughs> Every other band that we've, we've with. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Well, we're gonna hey, we're gonna get y'all back together again. <laughs> all right. Well, we all we'll, we'll wait till everything's safe though. <laughs> yeah. When we break yeah. free again, man, stay in touch with us and let us know what's going on with Otis, and we'll uh, we'll try to help put you guys out there as much as we can from our side too. I appreciate it, man. And we're gonna go out with uh with your song "Change." What do you want to tell us about "Change"? Just dig into it. It's a it's it's a good uh, it's a good soulful song, and you know, not trying to shove it down anyone's throat, but uh, just 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 listen to the message. We could all use a little bit of change. All right, listeners, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Boone, for being on the show. We really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks for having me. All Thank right. you. Bye. Can you feel me?